Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world, people sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, today we'll be speaking with Dr. Teresa Foster of HealthQuest Medical Practice, She's involved in family medicine, but we're not going to do that until after these important messages, so don't go anywhere. I promise I won't. What can you do as a member of Rotary? You can eradicate polio. You can promote peace. You can feed the hungry. You can help children do better in school. Whether it's helping to eliminate a dreaded disease, volunteering at a food bank, or equipping a school library. Rotary is people who know that by working together, you can do anything. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Hi, welcome back to Radio Rotary this morning. I'm Sarah O'Connell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebowasser. Can you say hello very nicely? Hello very nicely. Okay, Jonah. We're talking with um, a very interesting person, Dr. Teresa Foster, and she's in practice with HealthQuest Medical Practice, and it's located in... Ulster everywhere. County, or it, well, uh, yeah, HealthQuest is everywhere, but her practice is where. We'll have to ask her. Good morning, Dr. Foster. Good morning, Jonah. It's nice to be here. I am practicing in Woodstock and Boyceville, New York, in Ulster County. In Ulster, ding, 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 one of our favorite counties because it's the heart of the Hudson Valley, and Radio Rotary is heard everywhere. And you, you are a family practitioner. What does that mean? That means I see patients from birth to death. I see everybody who walks in my door for whatever problem they present with. So uh, you're the good old-fashioned general practitioner, as I used to call them in my day. Absolutely. Now, uh, Dr. Foster, uh, one of the controversies that you hear about today on the news is uh, the measles outbreak and people not getting their kids inoculated and, you know, do inoculations uh, lead to autism? And what's what's the point of view of of medical practitioners uh, such as yourself about that? We physicians think that people should be immunized. Immunizations are extremely important. They are um, important because these are dangerous diseases. And I think that people have forgotten how dangerous these diseases really are. Well, something I... It's not like the sniffles. Yeah, no, no, but something I've heard about on uh, that measles can be fatal. And I, you know, I had measles when I was a kid and uh, you didn't think of that. One in a a thousand cases of measles is fatal. How does that happen? Um, most of the time from respiratory illness, most of the time from like pneumonia, you get measles, you get really, really sick, you get pneumonia, uh, or a neurologic complication like something called encephalitis, and you die because your brain gets infected. Now, uh, of course, ro- Well, Rotarians, that would do it. Give me the shot. Right. Now, Rotarians are very <laughs> big on, on inoculations uh, for polio. We're trying to, con- to eradicate polio around the world, and uh, polio certainly was eradicated here in the United States because of the Salk and Sabin vaccines. Um, why all of a sudden are we hearing about uh, parents who are concerned about and refusing to allow their children to be inoculated? I think there are uh, two reasons for that. I think that uh, because so many of these dangerous and deadly diseases have been eliminated or decreased in the United States, people are no longer afraid of the diseases, and so they have become afraid of the vaccines. Um, there was a, a large uh, study that supposedly showed that vaccines caused autism and autism uh, and then uh, that was publicized by multiple celebrities and uh, that has since been proven to be false. 
no vaccines cause autism. We don't know what the cause of autism is, but it is not vaccinations or immunizations. Let's explain for those who may not know, what exactly is autism? Autism is a neurologic disorder um, that uh, in which people have difficulty uh, communicating, essentially. They have different, uh, there are different phases of, aut- different kinds of autism. Some kids are, uh, have sensory difficulty. They don't see the world the same way as people who, as you and I do. They have difficulty communicating. So is that what they mean when they say the autistic spectrum? It can be different levels of autism At, when they're referring to it as? That's correct. So okay. Some kids are very, are very functional and just have some issues with communication, and some kids are nonverbal. Like like Asperger's, for example. Right. Asperger's is, it's, is considered a milder form of the disease. Mm-hmm. Which has recently been more diagnosed or more more people know more about it, higher consciousness of it. That's correct. Okay. And we've had uh, one of the leading exponents of uh, uh, autism research on with us, uh, Jesse Saperstein, a great author and public speaker. Motivational himself, speaker. Who himself uh, was diagnosed with autism. So folks at home, if you go to RadioRotary.org, Put in Jesse Saperstein in our search engine. You'll come up with the two shows where we had him. He's a fascinating speaker. Just as our current guest, Dr. Teresa Foster, family practitioner, uh, is a fascinating speaker and a very young woman, by the way. I don't know how she got through medical school as a teenager. A lot of energy. <laughs> she's got a lot of energy here. But so, she's also an um, osteopath. Yes. What, what, what is, is, an, that? What is that? Exactly. Uh, I attended uh, osteopathic medical school, uh, which um, differs from medical school in that we learn how to manipulate the body. We learn um, manual manipulation sort of like chiropractors do. Okay. Um, you know, uh, otherwise we have all of the exact same classes and, and things that we have to learn that uh, medical doctors, MDs do. Uh, in osteopathic school, we call MDs manipulation deficient. Uh, so that's so it's uh, like you're a doctor and you have a minor in osteopath. Physicians who are listening. <laughs> so you have two degrees. Notes. I like that. <laughs> and it's more, it's a more natural, uh, organic, or am I Yes, Dr. Still, Still, who is the founder of, uh, of osteopathy, uh, practiced in a time when most medications were very ineffective and and he felt that human body was very good at defending itself and, and healing itself. And he wanted to help the body do that better uh, through manipulation. Okay. Well, Dr. Teresa Forster, as an osteopath, you can still prescribe pills and Absolutely. Give shots I'm, and I'm equally licensed in all 50 states. Right, 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 right. You know, there, there's a whole new spectrum of, of medical practitioners. When I was a boy, the doctor came in his horse and buggy with a little black bag. And now you've got osteopaths, you have medical doctors, you've got... A physician's assistant, you have nurse practitioner, you have licensed practical nurse. Um, is it's it a because, lot going is on. Is it because med- medical science has expanded so much or, or become more, more complicated? Or I, or? I think that uh, the different practitioners are all very necessary. There's uh, a lack of, of medical physicians in, this, in the United States. We don't have enough primary care physicians, and uh, the nurse practitioners and physicians' assistants are stepping up to that plate and helping um, extend our care of the population. Um, there are not enough doctors. Medical school is expensive. It's long. It's hard to get through. Most people, when they want to, when they get out of medical school, they're um, exhausted. True, <laughs> and they want to move into something that is, um, and when we need. The, medical doctors to go into all these subspecialties and you know if you used to go to an 
general practitioner and then maybe right. go see a heart doctor or maybe go see uh, a lung doctor. But now we have not just cardiologists, but interventional cardiologists, not just um, orthopedic doctors, but orthopedic doctors who do only joint replacement. You know, so every specialty has become subspecialized mm-hmm. and there simply aren't enough of us to go around. Now, what uh, made you decide, Teresa Forster, to become a doctor? You come from a family of doctors? No, I don't, actually. I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be a physician. Uh-huh. It was a choice I made as a very young child, and I just uh, luckily happened to be good at all the things I needed to be good at to get through medical school. <laughs> yes, well, as you um, alluded to, and I don't think it's any secret, it is a very rigorous academic course uh, path that you take. Um, and it, it really starts in high school, I, I think, or even earlier on, because all those science classes. I mean, I didn't take organic chemistry. I took the minimum science I had to to get out of high school. I just remember that. And all my friends that went on to biology and medical school and things like that, they took everything that the school had to offer. I I always loved science. I loved the human body. Uh, I like people. I like learning about people. I like helping people. Um, I enjoy communicating with my patients. It's a privilege every day to be part of their lives, as small a part of How that is. How big is the practice in Woodstock? We have uh, three physicians and four uh, mid-level pr- practitioners. Uh, including uh, two PAs and two nurse practitioners. PA being a physician assistant. That's correct. And I know that because my daughter right now is at Duke University becoming a physician's assistant. Outstanding. Hi, Allison. Shout out to Allison. (laughs) So uh, Dr. Teresa Forster is our guest here on Radio Rotary. She's a family practitioner, and she's telling us about the great things in modern medicine. Um, Dr. Forster, uh, you know, you you hear and see a lot about uh, more cancer uh, some people have explained it to me as, well, people are just living longer, so they didn't succumb to a heart attack, so then the cancers pop up. Some people say that. Question, um, Jonah. Yeah, some people say it's environmentally um, you know, involved. What, what's your viewpoint, Dr. Foster? I think that um, part of it is that we are living longer. I think that um, we also have. Uh, many more exposures in our lives than used to be 100 years ago, 200 years ago, to many more chemicals, more electric, uh, the electricity that we're exposed to, microwaves. Uh, it's multifactorial. Mm-hmm. You know, our diets are different than they used to be. We don't exercise as much as we used to. There's, there's so many factors, I think, involved in that. Uh, people are, fewer people are dying from infectious diseases, right. so they die from cancer instead. So, Dr. Forster, uh, just we're going to have about a minute right now, and then we'll come back after the commercials, but what's the number one key to maintaining good health, in your opinion, for people? I think diet and exercise, um, you know, the basics, uh, back to the basics. And we're back find to out, the basics. We're going to find m- out go. more about the basics of good health from our guest, Dr. Teresa Forster, in just a moment. But first, let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary on the air and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at RadioRotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the incredibly healthy Sarah O'Connell. True story. Our very special guest is Dr. Teresa Foster. And Sarah, who keeps us healthy by sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by JGS, your essential business partner, and you can call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank and Trust and Riverside Bank, your community banks, and you can visit them at salisburybank.com and riversidebank.com. And by the featured Rotary clubs of Brewster, East Fishkill, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland, and those, they're all in the Hudson Valley here. 
That's right, and we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages, so stay tuned. Salisbury Bank and Trust offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess County, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, Salisbury Bank is your personal bank in your community. Making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Check us out at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel. CPAPC is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to support Shelterbox USA as they provide disaster relief aid for victims around the world. Shelterbox disaster response teams are on site assessing people's needs and ensuring that your invaluable support goes directly to those who need it most. For more information and to donate, go to shelterboxusa.org. That's shelterboxusa.org. Welcome back to the second half of Radio Rotary this morning. I am Sarah O'Connell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebwasser. Hi, Sarah. And we have had a fascinating first half of Radio Rotary this morning. We have been talking to Dr. Teresa Foster, who is a practicing physician, family physician, family medicine, I believe they call it, at HealthQuest Medical Practice in Woodstock, New York, which is the heart of the Hudson Valley here, where Radio Rotary is heard. She's also an osteopath, and we learned what that is, Jonah. Right. And welcome back, uh, Dr. Foster. Tell our listening audience who's just joined us, what does that mean? I think we all know what a family practitioner is, um, but what is an osteopath? Again, an osteopath is a a licensed physician who went to osteopathic medical school instead of uh, traditional uh, MD school, and I know how to do manipulation instead of, um, in in addition to all of the other skills a physician has. So you have a little, you have modern Western medicine, and then you have other more natural things, so you can put all that together to help treat people. Absolutely. Well, that sounds very appealing to me. And you know what also sounds appealing to me is uh, asking our guest, uh, Dr. Teresa Foster, to expand a little bit about what you talked about in the first half of the show for people who may be tuning in late. And that's this whole controversy about the measles outbreak at Disneyland in California, the issue of uh, should kids be inoculated, shouldn't they be inoculated, do the inoculations lead to autism or what? So first of all, why was there all of a sudden after, you know, measles pretty much has been conquered in this country for 50 years, why was there this big outbreak in Disneyland? Um, measles had been declared eradicated in the year 2000 in the United States. Um, unfortunately, since the year 2000, the vaccination rates have, have decreased in this country. And, and why is that? Um, because there was a fear of, of autism and um, 
because people stopped being afraid of the measles and other dangerous diseases. Um, you know, so in the outbreak in California uh, was a result of this. You know, there's there were over 650 cases of the measles in the country in the United States this year, uh, in the year 2014, uh, where there had not been um, in the previous four years that many cases. Oh my goodness! But they, they did trace it back to to the 2014 outbreak from that public where public assembly is. It's a public area. Generally speaking, it's from a, a public assembly, um, but. Of those uh, people infected at Disneyland, uh, the majority of them were unimmunized people, and so is that okay? So there you go. So they're they, because they were unimmunized, they were um, exposed. Uh, and the problem with the measles is that measles is incredibly contagious. It is contagious by. Um, what we call respiratory spread, so it's contagious. Okay. It's in the air. It's, it's airborne. And and if you if I came into your bad. into your space yeah. with the measles. Um, and sat there for a couple of minutes, that space would be contaminated for two hours. So anybody who came through that space for the next two hours had wow. been exposed to the measles. And you, and you can imagine. Get uh, that. You can imagine so you the number of imagine. people going through Disney World, uh, Disneyland in California, so, I should say. Yeah, so it's an incredibly contagious disease, and it's incredibly dangerous. You know, people think, you know, oh, my grandparents had the measles. They did fine. You know, but with the measles, you're very sick. You have a fever to a, between 103 and 105. Very high fevers, yes. You um, have conjunctivitis, so your eyes are red and running, and your nose is running, you're coughing, you feel... And you get measles everywhere. Right, and it's you feel all over like dirt, body. and the rash, the rash covers your entire body. It's very uncomfortable. Afterwards, the rash peels off. It's very unattractive. And the problem is that not only do you have this severe illness for anywhere from uh, 7 to 14 days, you're contagious for up to 21 days, for four days before the rash and four days after the rash, essentially, you're con- considered contagious. And people are... People don't understand that these diseases still cause deaths, even in the United States. So one in 1,000 people with the measles will die. Uh, One in four of the people with measles in countries like the United States and other first world countries end up in the hospital. One in four people who get the measles end up in the hospital um, because they either get pneumonia or they get dehydrated or um, they get something called encephalitis, which is infection in the brain. Um, If you get encephalitis, you can end up blind or deaf or brain damage. This is a bad disease. It it, it sounds to me, Dr. Teresa Forrester, like a no-brainer about getting kids inoculated. So what is the objection to inoculation? The objection to inoculations is that people feel the inoculations are not safe, that there is more risk to the inoculation than there is to the disease. So there is a fear, there was uh, a false thought for a while that uh, vaccines caused autism. So it was um, a little bit of panic. A lot of panic. And um, and now people are worried about all of the, the you know contaminants in the vaccines or preservatives in the vaccines. We've taken all the preservatives out of the vaccines. And most of the other things that people are afraid of in the vaccines are trace elements that are not worrisome. You know, people talk about the formaldehyde in vaccines or um, or the antibiotic that's in the vaccine. If you look at the, the ingredients mm-hmm. in the vaccine. And these things are all trace things that are, are part so of the manufacturing minimal. process. They're minimal. They're barely there. And as far as formaldehyde goes, honestly, there's more formaldehyde. Your body makes more formaldehyde in a day than... 
what's in a what vaccine. Is, what's in the vaccine that you will ever get from, so, any va- from all of the vaccines that you receive in your lifetime. I have a question. I didn't think that you could enroll your children in public schools unless you were up to date on the required vaccinations. How, how, could, how are people not being held accountable for that? Uh, in, United, in different states, they have different regulations. In New York State, there is a rule called the personal exemption rule. And it is uh, considered a religious exemption. You know, so you claim that you are uh, morally opposed to vaccines and therefore you don't have to have them. Uh, The um, exception to that is if you are partially immunized, you are required to complete your immunizations. Oh, so they can hold you to it if you've started a process. Correct. Gotcha. So what, what are some of the, besides measles, what are some of the other uh, diseases that are prevented by inoculations for young children? Uh, whooping cough, mumps, uh, mm. German measles, pneumonia, meningitis. Um, chicken pox. Chicken pox. Uh, polio. Polio, um, of course, very wow. close to the heart of Rotarians. Pol- We're exactly. trying to get rid of polio around and, the world. You know, polio is, you know, one of the most debilitating diseases that right. people can get. Well, Jonah um, remembers when there was polio in the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm giving his uh, his age away, and I could it, tease him a lot. But the reality is we're not so far away from that. Right. No. It, he, he had friends that oh, yeah. that had polio. Yeah. I had a, I had a and, friend of mine who was in an iron lung. Exactly. And, um, you know, nowadays we have ventilators instead of iron, iron lungs, but still, if you get polio, you're still very likely to end up with um, uh, serious disability. Uh, And many of these diseases have permanent effects. Um, You know, pertussis or whooping cough, you know, before World War II was a leading cause of death in children. And since we've developed the vaccine over the last 50 years, now people don't really know that pertussis is a problem. However, that's another vaccine preventable disease that's on the rise in the United States because of lack of immunization. So let's Put it right on the table. In your professional opinion, uh, Dr. Teresa Foster, should people get their kids immunized? Absolutely. It's a public safety issue. So what kind of things do you see in your family practice? I see everybody from birth to death. I see, you know, little kids for their their newborn uh, physicals. I see... Um, you know, uh, children for their annual physicals, adults for their female exams. I see um, colds, flus, coughs, uh, abdominal pain. You name it, I see it. Birth to death, that's my job. And you're located? I'm located uh, at uh, HealthQuest Medical Practice, um, the Maverick uh, offices in um, Boyceville and in Woodstock. And uh, I work five days a week and uh, I'm happy to see anybody who walks through my door. Do you make house calls? Uh, Actually, I do. You are. You've got to be the only doctor left in America making house calls. We do home visits from our from our practice in, That's in Woodstock. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Because, I mean, that used to be when I was a kid, the doctor came with his little black bag, and, of course, you hit under the, <laughs> the, the bed. The bed because you knew he, it meant. The needle was coming, right? You knew what was coming. That's terrific. Yes, sir. <laughs> our guest on Radio Rotary, Dr. Teresa Foster, um, a very young-looking young lady, even though she's very an energetic, she's old school doctor. Very passionate and has a wonderful balance in her medical practice, So, in the minute two we have left, Dr. Forrester, what, um, what advice do you have to people to maintain good health? I mean, you know, everyone talks about diet and exercise and st- quit smoking and all that good stuff, but, you know, what, what would you tell people? Honestly, I think that uh, people need to uh, take responsibility for their own health and, you know, pay attention to their body. You know, if, if something doesn't, it makes you have gas every time you eat it, then 
possibly you should not eat that. You know, pay attention to your body. Um, go see your doctor and, and talk about preventative care. We need to go, you know, talk about preventative medicine. We're trying to move away from only treating people when they're sick and treating people when they're well and getting them to take better care of their uh, their bodies before they get sick because then they're less likely to have bad consequences to their illnesses. So having your preventative care, eating right, not smoking is great. <laughs> Nobody should smoke. Smoking is the worst thing you can possibly do to your body. Dr. Teresa Forster, thank you for everything you do for your patients and for the public at Absolutely. large and maintaining good health. And thank you for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. It's been a terrific half hour. Thank you so much for having me. It was our pleasure. And Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by JGS. You're a central business partner, and you can call them at 845-692-9500. And by Salisbury Bank and Trust and Riverside Bank, your community banks. And you can visit them at salisburybank.com and riversidebank.com. And the featured Rotary Clubs of Hyde Park, Kinderhook, Tri-Village, Millbrook, Nanuet, Newburgh, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern, Ulster, Wallkill East, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, our producer, Kathy Kruger, who is herself a registered nurse, uh, my co-host, Sarah O'Connell, and of course, the Wizard of the Buttons, the fabulous engineer, Mr. Jay Verzi. This is Jonah Trebowasser thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. Thank you.